Before we get to today's episode, I want all of our listeners to be aware that PECA has extended the VSP Vision exam rebate through the end of 2024. For those members participating, they can earn up to an additional $15,000 on their VSP commercial eye exams this year, 2023, and up to an additional $30,000 more in 2024. If you have not taken advantage of this incredible rebate, I highly encourage you to do so. Now to the show. Welcome to the Practice Advantage Podcast. I'm Dr. Justin Manning, and here on the podcast, I interview experts from within and outside the eye care industry on the business management topics and advice that matter most to you, your practice, your patients, and your success. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Practice Advantage podcast. As they say, you can have data without information, but you cannot have information without data. So on this episode, we're going to dive into the importance of demographic data when it comes to building your practice. Whether or not you really know who your patients are and what to actually do with the information that you have about your local community. To help us have this conversation, my guest is Dr. Ron Kreffman, founder and CEO of Focal Center, a data-driven company helping the eye care industry make better decisions. Ron, welcome to the Practice Advantage Podcast. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Appreciate it. You do a great job with this and glad to be part of it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that greatly. I think this will be a fun episode. I, I'm sure our listeners are going, we're going to spend a whole podcast episode talking about data. Where is this going to go? <laughs> so b- before we get started, how did you get interested in this space? The power of demographic data, its role in making decisions at both a practice and industry level. So again, you work with individual private practices. You also work with the industry. So the the, the power of this data is 100% there. So how did you get interested in it in the first place? Why is it important for practices to prioritize this? So I'm going to go way back to my career path. And that's how I got into this and take you to today. Um, Graduated from ICO many years ago, 1978. And uh, my first position was in an academic setting at the University of Illinois Eye and Ear Infirmary, the largest ophthalmology department in the country at the time, as the sole optometrist there and uh, teaching optics and refraction led me to writing peer-reviewed articles in both ophthalmology journals and optometry journals. I became editor of a couple journals and continued uh, into private practice and was a clinical investigator and actually uh, the principal investigator for a number of randomized controlled double-blind studies. And I ran the statistics and did all the data analysis and um, just got very interested and deep into data from those experiences. Uh, And fast forward uh, for the last 15 years or so, uh, I've been out of private practice um, consulting in analytics and um, working with various industry stakeholders, including um, the Vision Council on their uh, large 
uh, consumer survey called Vision Watch that uh, the industry looks to for trends and uh, market share and so on. Uh, I work with, I'm a consultant to GPN on their analytics and build dashboards for them. And I work with a number of other, um, whether it might be um, suppliers to the industry or private equity groups or retailers, I've analyzed their data or I've done market data analysis uh, to help them guide their business. And on an individual practice letter level, I've developed a couple of tools that uh, enable practitioners to look at their trade area and understand what's going on uh, from who are their consumers, who's nearby, what does the environment look like for practicing optometry in their community. So that's kind of a, a, a long answer to how I got interested in this space. Clearly, you are the the person when it comes when it comes to leveraging this type of data and information. And why why I find it so fascinating is it's not so much about the details and the data itself, but it, when you really understand who your patients are, who your target market is, the insights that you take away and how it can change and impact the decisions that you make. I'm curious from your experience, why is this so important? I, I jokingly said, uh, you know, our listeners may go, oh, data, where are we going to go with this? But I, I kind of want to jump right to the, the, the takeaway is this is so, the insights and the decisions that come from a business management standpoint are so important. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, it, it really plays into everything about uh your practice and where are your patients coming from? Who are they? What is what are they uh, looking for from you? Um, how can you target market if you want to expand your practice? And if you want to specialize in certain areas, what's who who should you target to? Um, in terms of offerings and product mix in your practice, if you're looking at a frame assortment or types of lenses that you might supply. You should really know who is living nearby and what the demand is for those various products. And uh, a deep analysis on, on trade area can fill in a lot of those blanks for you. The, the other piece of the equation is to match up your existing patient base and see if it's really representative of your trade area or have you skewed the, the, the curve and you're attracting, you know, you might be very successful in attracting a certain population, but maybe that's not the sweet spot in your location and you're missing a big opportunity nearby. So um, th there's lots of deep dives into who the person is, what's the profile of the or persona of the local population, looking at all sorts of demographic information but also looking at the community at large, you know, the businesses nearby, um, the, the average household income. There, there's lots of metrics that help profile and understand who your patient base could be or should be uh, as opposed to what it actually is. So when you talk about trade area, I imagine some practices see their community where they're drawing patients from is probably smaller than in reality it is, and vice versa. They see their, I'm going to attract patients from all over, 
And in reality, their trade area is much smaller. So from your experience, first question is, how big should we really consider our, and we're talking single location practice at a single location level, whether we own multiple or we have one, how big is our trade area really? And number two, in addition to some of the demographic data points you just shared, what are some of the most important pieces we should know if we really understand and know our, if we're really to understand and know our 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 patients and our patient base and, and the demographics around us? Yeah, so the statistics tell us that the um, average consumer will drive up to 20 minutes or so for running errands in, in daily um, shopping. Uh, they'll go further for a doctor, but it hasn't been quantified to, to a great extent in any really um, well done studies. But the the assumption here is that they'll go a little further than 20 minutes for their eye care. If it's once a year, twice, you know, once every two years for some consumers, perhaps a little more often if they're undergoing some treatments or, you know, under some protocol. Um, So generally we use 30 minute drive time and we draw what's called a, a, a polygon, which is an irregular shape that's based on the amount of time it takes to get somewhere based on number of traffic lights, the the traffic conditions and so on. So you get this irregular blob shape surrounding a point that is the office that we're uh, analyzing. And we have some tools to allow you to shrink that down from 30 minutes down to 20 minutes or down to 10 minutes and see what how the population changes and all the demographics about the population. So every piece of information in this interactive report that we generate on a site analysis uh, can be updated with 10, 20, or 30 minute drive time. And in addition, we do a deep dive on zip codes nearby as well. So you can look at what what are the nearby zip codes and uh, what's the difference from zip code to zip code. So we look at that report, the the localized report that you're that you produce. What are some of those most important data points? And again, we could we could list off every single one. But when it comes to if I really know who my patients are or where I'm going to pull patients from, what are the what are the pieces of information I should know? Yeah, the the the, the key things that distinguishes the localized report are the metrics around eye care demand and spend where people shop for their eye care, whether they go to a chain, uh, whether they're buying online, uh, what is the, we, we report many things as an index. So where 100 is the national average, that's our, our base index. If we see 106, that means there are six percentage points above the national average or 94, there are six points below the national average. So we build indices for all these different metrics around eye care spend um, for both eyewear and ser- eye care services. We have indices around people who spent over $250 on a pair of eyeglasses and over $200 annually on contact lenses. So we, we get into a deep dive on really the categories that we're appealing to and uh, you can't get those kind of metrics really anywhere else. Um, you could do some zip code level analysis from the Census Bureau. The um, 
actually the government uh, small business website uh, has some nice uh, reporting on, you know, within your zip code, what is the population, what's the consumer profile. But to have those all in a package with the eye care indices attached to it is is really where um, this makes a, a key difference. As I, as I said earlier on, you know, the data is really only as good as the insights that it provides. And unless you're a numbers geek like me and you just like looking at the numbers, the, the insights are what's really the, the value and how it impacts the decisions that we made. And one of our members who've, who leveraged the, the their localized report found they were mass sending or, or not so much sending out, but their Google ad campaigns was general in that drive time radius of their practice. And as they dove into the as they dove into the zip code analyses, they found two of the four primary zip codes around their practice had much higher <clears throat> disposable income, household income, and, and were more of their pay, their target ideal patient than the other zip codes. And so they were able to make a key decision to change where they deployed the that Google ad campaign in towards the patients that they wanted. And that's just one example of many. I'm curious from your experience, those who have leveraged the report, what are some of the, the biggest and most maybe even surprising insights the data has provided over the years? And then how have practices taken those insights and made changes to their, their practice? Yeah, so I'll give you a couple of examples. The, um, the zip code level analysis that you're talking about is key. And one uh, scenario comes to mind where a practice actually was so bold as to say on their website serving the following zip codes. And they missed some key zip codes that were nearby with, as you noted, high income uh, earners. And they weren't listed in their so. Imagine the patients uh, doing a Google search. They land on the website and they say, oh, okay, I'll go to, let me see this doctor. But the listing of zip codes didn't match their own. They might say, hmm, maybe they don't service our area. So I, I think you need to really understand where there's opportunities nearby, understand your trade area. The, the other uh, example was uh, in a densely populated uh, major metropolitan area. Someone had three locations, but they were cannibalizing each other. There was a lot of overlap when we did that drive time analysis. Those blobs, those polygons were overlapping to a large degree. So what you really want to understand is where are their void and where's there's opportunity uh, rather than, you know, trying to concentrate your offices too close together. So you know, in a cold start or looking to uh, open a secondary location, the trade area analysis is really key. But in established practices for growing your practice, for understanding um, where there's opportunities within your your practice, uh, a good deep dive into the trade area analysis still gives you insights into where to market, um, what to market, who to market to, how to target. Um, and so that's where, you know, people with SEO expertise or, you know, um, marketing, target marketing expertise, whether it's through SEO or through email blast or even 
plain old snail mail campaigns and postcards, um, billboards, whatever it might be. We have a little bit of information in the report that speaks to all those things so that for marketing, you understand who to market to, where to market. Um, there's even some metrics in here about uh, traffic patterns so that you know what the busiest intersection is if, if you're looking to do outdoor advertising or, or, or again, for location analysis, if, if you're looking to relocate. And, and on top of that, I, I love the social media insights and social media utilization that some areas just, and that can be due to you know, high professional uh, individuals and professional or management level jobs, maybe more active on LinkedIn and, or some, this is a you know, more millennial or even Gen Z heavily or, or a bigger population of millennials and Gen Z. So you're going to find that they're far more on Instagram or other social media platforms. So it can help tailor how you, what stories you're telling and through what platforms you're telling the stories to really attract and communicate with the people that you want to bring into your practice. That's right. And really, you need to um, look at the persona and the profile of nearby consumers and see, are there other opportunities here? Should I be doing more primary care? Should I have more Medicare-based practice? Uh, you know, which areas are, are prime for rolling out my dry eye uh, center of excellence? Um, you know, understanding who's out there and how to target market to them uh, allows for all these specializations to flourish. We have a separate page just on myopia, in fact. So, uh, yeah, all these things are can be understood and capitalized on uh, if you know who your consumers are. And I think as as from a, a say a practice owner management standpoint, the amount of time that it would take to capture all of this information on your own is is incredibly time consuming that leveraging a resource like yours provides so much insight with very little time commitment to actually capture it because you're doing all of that work and have all of that. All of right. And, and a lot of, honestly, a lot of these data points are unavailable. Um, certainly, large chains have been using this kind of location reporting for a long time. Um, in retail trade analysis is, or um, th those are kind of the key words that, that they use to analyze where should we open a new Walgreens store? Where, where should we put our new uh, ice cream shop, you know, Dairy Queen or whatever it might be. So they're analyzing the community. They're understanding the traffic patterns, the consumer demographics, and they're successful in planting their, their flag in all these locations based on this type of analysis. For a small independent business, these kind of tools have not been available. So um, I saw the need for that and uh, it's, it's been uh, a welcome, uh, welcome to uh, the addition of tools that optometrists can now use to understand their business just like a, a large chain does. I'd like to dive into that a little bit more. How are, in the eye care space, how are corporate retailers, big box stores leveraging this data? And, and what are some of the takeaways that independent practices should do as they leverage it themselves based upon how their competition is using it? Yeah, well, for, 
for starters, again, it's it's about site location. If if they're looking to uh, open a new store, and it, it helps them identify, okay, yeah, this is a match for the kind of consumer profile we want to market to, and this looks like the best location within that market based on um, whether it's drive-bys or uh, the demographics in that location. It's really a combination of all those things. Um, they're also using it to optimize existing locations. Uh, I've had a couple of retailers and, and private equity groups look at, okay, what are what's the demographic for these existing locations? And what can we do to change the practice pattern to uh, capitalize on the different demographics that we're seeing in that? And again, it goes back to, okay, should, should we be offering a different product mix? Should we be more targeting um, certain businesses because there's more managed care in this area, given given the number of businesses nearby here? Uh, should we be targeting Medicare populations? So it's fine tuning your offerings and your marketing for existing businesses. And it's about finding the best location for uh, relocating or cold starts. Such valuable insight. And again, as we talk about these opportunities from a practice standpoint, how often should a practice really be, assuming they haven't looked at this information and they say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take advantage of it and I'm going to I'm going to get a localized report. How often should they really be looking at this information? Is it every year? Is it every few years? How how frequently? Should we be looking at this? I, I think two to three years is, is reasonable. Uh, the demographics don't shift overnight. You know, wholesale neighborhood changes don't, they happen, but not overnight. You know, it could be a, a three to five year shift, sometimes even longer. Sometimes they're stable forever. So I, I, I think um, it, it's really for the long view, but there's so much information in a report like this. I think you need to keep going back to it and refreshing your uh, view on it and saying, okay, what did it say about this group? Maybe I do want to you know, market for this to this area. I'm not getting enough patients from this zip code compared to the population that I'm getting from other zip codes. Um, so I, I think it's a reference tool to hang on to for at least two to three years and then refresh it. I think that's a really good point, because the more you look at it, the more you use it, the more insights that you can gain. And I'm a believer from a business decision making standpoint, make one decision at a time, change one thing, implement it, test it, see what works, what learnings and other opportunities did you uncover, and then make changes from there versus trying to change everything at one time. And so going back to reference the information as you move your practice forward. So again, it's not a one-time only thing, but the, the refreshing it every few years makes a lot of sense, but you're, you're spot on. You're gonna use this type of information on a regular basis as you move your practice forward. Yeah, the, the optometrist and, and data analyst wannabe in me agrees 100% with what you're saying, even 110%, because if you make a change, how can you really measure the change if you've made two or three changes you're just muddying the waters and, you, you, you know, we, we call that, you know, doing a multiple regression analysis and it gets complicated quickly and, you know, it gets messy. So, yes, I, I'm a big proponent and make one change, see, see the effect. 
think that's far easier than hiring a statistician to be uh, in your practice, <laughs> you know. Uh, for those who are interested, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, for how to gain more information around the localized report. Ron, I can't thank you enough for spending your time with us today, sharing your wisdom and expertise with our listeners. We always wrap with the same question. We believe leaders are readers. What are you currently reading? Or what did you recently finish if you haven't started a new book? I, I'm in the middle of something now. I, I have to admit I'm not a huge reader because I'm so deep in data all the time that when I take a break, I enjoy watching a sport sporting event or going out for a hike or a bike ride. Um, but I am reading uh, something called The Tetris Effect right now. I was stimulated to read it because I watched the movie. And it's a fascinating true story about the development of that game Tetris that uh, first appeared on Nintendo and I think is still one of the most popular video games ever. But it's a fascinating story developed in Russia, brought to market by a Dutchman uh, through uh, Nintendo, a Japanese company. So there's all this international business intrigue and licensing business issues, and it reads like a spy novel, and it, it's fascinating. We will absolutely put a link to that in the show notes as well. Ron, this was great. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you've enjoyed the Practice Advantage podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. And if you want to take your practice to the next level, for the sake of your patients, your team, your community, and your bottom line, give us a call. 1-800-959-2020, option three. See you next time.